How many different names have you been given throughout your life? Maybe a better way of asking it is, how many different things have you been called? The list just got really long for some of you. We've all been called probably a variety of things. Maybe you've been called Big Red. Maybe you've been called Shorty. Maybe you've been called Big Ears. I don't know what you've been called, but it's probably something at some point at school. You were called something, and that something was based upon some small kernel of truth. Maybe something happened or you have one little look about you and they took it and they created a whole new identity for you. When I was in middle school, I had a friend, he sprained his ankle. And, and as he sprained his ankle, one of the other friends just started calling him Bad Wheel. And that name, Bad Wheel, stuck for good. Even after the ankle was fine, he's playing football and basketball, people still called him Bad Wheel because of something that happened to him. He just basically bore that identity moving forward. This morning, we're celebrating and we're remembering a name that God has given all of us who have faith in Christ Jesus. It's a name that some people are actually scared of. It's a name that has a lot of misnomers that go along with it. It's a name that's been misused in the church. But it's a name that belongs to every believer in Christ. That name is saint. This morning, we're celebrating that you're a saint if you're in Christ. The book of Colossians begins in chapter 1, verse 2. Paul says he's writing it, and then he says, to all of the saints and brothers who are in Christ Jesus in Colossae. Now, what's interesting is this letter is going out to all of the Christians in the city of Colossae. This is not going to some small little segment of the church. This letter is not going to the key leaders. This letter is not going to the good Christians who are called the saints. No, this letter's going to everybody. Why? Because there's no second-class citizens when it comes to Christianity. There's no, there are saints, and then there are ordinary, everyday believers. There's only one class that's invited into the throne room of God. Saints. In the presence of God, there are only saints. There are no good people. There are no bad people. There are only saints. We celebrate this morning that anyone can be a saint through Jesus Christ. You are a saint. Well, what is a saint? A saint is a person who's been set apart for the purposes of God. The Jews used to refer to themselves as saints, in other words, as the holy people, as the people who had been set apart by God for the purposes of God. And so this letter, Colossians now, is actually the, just one sentence. Paul shakes, basically, the foundations of religion. He's not writing to Jewish people. He's not writing to just good people. He's writing to all who are in Christ, saying, everyone's saints. So in other words, it's no longer just the Jews who are the people of God set apart for a special purpose. It's all who are in Christ have been set apart for the purposes of God. You are a saint. So, what does it mean then to be a saint? To be a saint is to be set apart for the purposes of God, but doesn't necessarily mean leaving the ordinary, everyday life. Too often when you and I think of saint, we think of the monastery. I go to a monastery every couple of months for two days for a prayer and a study break, and at the monastery there's about 16 to 18 different people that are living there. Those 16 to 18 people 
are basically secluded from the rest of society. No televisions, no newspapers, no internet. They're there studying the Bible, praying, gardening, and doing their chores every day. Now, many of us think of that and we think, those are the saints. They're no different than you and I in their status before God. They don't have some special place in the throne room that we don't get to be in as well. They have a different calling. That calling is to a life of prayer and study. But their status before God is the same as your status and my status today, one of being a saint. A saint is an ordinary, everyday person who's been transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. The best way of thinking about a saint is the way I heard about it many years ago, is to think of yourself as a boat. A boat belongs where? In the water. A boat finds its purpose when it's in the water. You can have a brand new boat, but if that boat is sitting in your garage, what good is the boat doing you? A boat belongs in the water. A saint is just like a boat. Where does a saint belong? In the world. If you have your Bible, open back up to Colossians chapter 1. And there's just a little phrase at the end of verse 2 that I want you to underline our circle. So he says in verse 2, he says, To the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. If you have your pen or pencil, just circle at Colossae. Why is this a big deal? Because Paul's not saying, hey, the saints are in heaven right now. No, where are the saints? The saints are in Colossae. Where are the saints tomorrow? The saints are at Wells Fargo. The saints are at Avera. The saints are in the Sioux Falls School District. The saints are wherever you're at. Saints are in the world. Sainthood is not something you attain in heaven. Sainthood is a status you're given today in Christ. Who are you? You are a saint, and you're in the world. God doesn't want to make saints and then just whip them off to heaven. God declares people as saints and leaves them where? In towns named Colossae. In cities called Sioux Falls. In workplaces, in neighborhoods, in schools. You belong in the world as a saint. Just like a boat belongs in the water. But what happens if a boat, which belongs in the water, starts to take on water? Sinks. So a boat in the water, full of water, is what? No longer a boat. It's a rock, basically. A saint who's in the world and full of the world is what? Just a worldly creature. We're called to be saints in the world, but not to let the world dictate everything we do. Why? Because a saint is set apart by God. So a saint receives directions from their God. Today, you're in the world, whether you like it or not. The question is, do you reflect that you're a saint, or are you becoming just like the rest of the world? It's this simultaneous thing that's going on in the life of a Christian, that we're left here after we're claimed by Christ, but not just to become like the rest of the world. We're left here by Christ to bring glory to Christ, to be His hands and His feet, here in the world. You are a saint in the world. But we have to be careful that we don't become worldly saints. There's a big difference between a worldly saint and a saint who is in the world. 
today we are set apart by God to be in the world. Well, how are we made saints? What qualifies us to be saints? Because I got news for you this morning. The Bible has news for all of us today. You're not qualified to be a saint. Not only are you unqualified, but guess what? You're disqualified from being a saint. Because saints are holy. And the Bible tells us that there is no one that has been holy. The Bible says there's been no one who's been righteous. In other words, has lived perfectly the right life. So you've disqualified yourself from becoming a saint. So, so then what do we do? How do we become qualified? Look with me, if you would, at verse 12 in Colossians chapter 1. Verse 12, the great news. Paul says, I'm giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Why are you a saint? Not because of what you have done, but because of what God has done. Your qualification doesn't come from yourself. Your qualification comes from God. So many of us struggle with low self-esteem. And what we do when we struggle with low self-esteem is, is we look more inside of ourselves to say, there's got to be something good in there. Guess what? Stop looking inside of yourself. If you want to feel qualified, don't stare at yourself and wonder about yourself. If you want to be qualified, feel qualified, look to the one who qualifies you, God himself through Jesus Christ. Actually, looking to the one who qualifies satisfies our self-esteem issue. Why? Because I'm no longer focused on self, but I'm focused on the one who gives me the qualifications needed. You're qualified because of something God has done. Look with me at verse 13. What did God do? It says, He, God, not us, God, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In other words, God has done this. You had a debt, and God forgave that debt. What does it mean to forgive a debt? It means to release a person from pain on that debt. If you go to the bank today and you say, hey, I can't make payments on the debt, and the banker says, your debt is forgiven, that means the banker is releasing you from having to pay on that debt. When God forgives us, he's releasing us from any penalty that we deserve for our wrongdoing. And when he releases us, where is he releasing us to? A brand new kingdom, the kingdom of his beloved son, which brings us back to the mystery. We're still in the earthly kingdom, but we're living under the authority of the kingdom of Jesus because we've been released from a sinful kingdom into this new kingdom where Christ reigns. You are made a saint. You are qualified, not because of what you have done or because of who you are. You are qualified because God himself came in the person of Jesus Christ lived the perfect life, died the death that we deserved, and then was raised from the grave on our behalf. God's work qualifies you to be a saint. So now how do I take that work that God has done and appropriate it to myself? How do I claim it for myself? Trust. Look at Colossians chapter 1 again. What is Paul celebrating in Colossians chapter 1? The beginning of the letter, basically, Paul's just doing his introductory stuff where he says, hello, this is to the letter of two. And then verse three and four, he says this. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Why? Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. How did the people appropriate the message that they heard about Jesus Christ, which is called the gospel? They trusted it. 
They said, I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ. This is how we take this promise and we make it our own. This is not a process. It's not a process of being baptized and then going to some classes and, and being uh, graduating from a certain class and then, and then getting married. I get another thing and then after that I serve on some church committees and so I'm making my way up there. I'm going to become a saint. No, no, no. This isn't a process. This is hearing the promise of God and saying, Jesus, I trust in you. That's how we appropriate the forgiveness to ourselves. Today, you are a saint if you say, Jesus Christ, I trust in you. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I trust in you. I take your qualifications to be my own. When you go to a car wash, what do you expect to happen? Your car to get washed, right? If you leave and your car's still dirty, what, you're going to go back or probably go to a different car wash. When you put a pizza in the oven, what do you expect to happen? You expect it to be cooked. When you turn on the water faucet, what do you expect to come out? Water. When you touch Jesus Christ, what do you get? The forgiveness of your sins. That's what it says right there in Colossians 1.14. In Christ, we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. What business is Jesus in? Jesus is in the business of forgiving sins. And when your sins are forgiven, guess what? You're a saint. This morning, have you touched Jesus? Not physically, but saying, Jesus, I trust in you. You know what you get from Jesus? You get the forgiveness of your sins. You get a declaration today. You are a saint. Today, let's go forth remembering who we are. Who are we? We are saints. Let's go forth remembering who has qualified us. God, through the person of Jesus Christ. Let's go forth and be saints in the world, not of the world. Let's go forth and be saints, people who proclaim the promises of God so that other people can stand up and say, I am a saint. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for your promise. Thank you for the new life that you give us in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you for the fellow saints that are gathered here in the room this morning. And I pray that today, O oh Lord, you would equip us to continue on in the journey of being your saint here in this world. We pray that your light would shine through us and that your name would be glorified. God, thank you for calling us. Thank you for qualifying us. In Jesus' name, amen.